Good evening and welcome to this edition of The Heart Podcast. I'm Dr. Alistair Lindsay and in today's podcast we'll be discussing a subject of uh, stress resilience and physical fitness in adolescents and risk of coronary heart disease in middle age. This is the title of a paper recently submitted to us as a collaboration between University College London and also Erebrua University in Sweden. And I'm delighted to say that the senior author, Professor Scott Montgomery, joins me in the studio this evening. Good evening, Scott. Good evening. Well, thank you very much for your submission to Heart, which we greatly enjoyed reading and uh, we're delighted to publish here. Clearly, these subjects of stress resilience and physical fitness in uh, adolescence and their impact on coronary artery disease is something that everyone is, is interested in, not just doctors, but many, many patients too. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the background? What, what do we know about physical fitness, stress resilience and their impact on, on cardiovascular disease in general at the moment? Well, what we know is certainly that physical fitness is a protective factor. Better physical fitness is important in determining our risk of coronary heart disease. Whereas stress, we know stress has been implicated as a risk for coronary heart disease. However, it's a difficult thing to measure. It can be difficult to measure stressful exposures. And one particular problem is that we all react differently to stress. Mm. Something that's stressful for one person doesn't affect another person at all, which is why instead of looking at stressful exposures in this study, we've turned to stress resilience, a measure of how reactive we are to stress and how events in everyday life might affect us. So somebody with low stress resilience will be affected more by day-to-day stressful exposures and at greater risk of being chronically stressed. I see. And this subject of stress resilience, is that where the literature is tending to move towards in general? Is that a better marker? Well, it's certainly a marker that we're interested in. Mm. We think it's, it's more likely to identify chronic stress. Okay. So you, your study is very interesting. It was a, a military study. Is that correct? Well, we used military data. We've taken data from a variety of Swedish general population registers, but we took advantage of military data because this is a study of men born in the early to mid-50s, and that cohort of men, nearly all of them would have had military service. This is why it's limited to men, because at that time, women didn't go to military service. Mm. And these men, when they went to join the military, the first thing that happens is they have a general assessment of their suitability and to decide which branch of the military they would go into. This involves detailed measures of physical function, psychological function, to assess suitability. Now, these data have all been computerised and they make a marvellous baseline set of measurements to look at disease risk. Yes, and the the psychological data is very thorough. I mean, they all went through actual uh, interview processes and they were categorised. Is is that correct? Indeed. In terms of stress resilience, this is something, of course, that's important in military service because people have to deal with stressful situations. And so measuring stress resilience, this involved an interview with a psychologist and this investigated the subject's ability to cope with adversity and change in day-to-day life. So this was used to produce a score from zero to nine that would indicate ability to cope with stress. Hmm, So a really fantastic, strong set of baseline data. Uh, The follow-up, how did you you come to follow these patients up and and what were you looking for in the follow-up? 
Well, these people would have gone to military service and had their assessment when they were around 18 years of age at the end of the 1960s and the beginning of the 1970s. And then to follow up their risk of coronary heart disease, we use the patient register. And this records inpatient and outpatient diagnoses across Sweden. And this is what we used. And they were followed up into their 50s. Okay. And what particular cardiovascular outcomes were you interested in? Was it a composite or...? Well, it was a composite measure, but we also um, decomposed it to look to look at myocardial infarction, fatal myocardial infarction, angina, and fatal coronary heart disease. Okay, and if we look at these two main factors, we talked about the stress resilience and the physical fitness. Perhaps we could do stress resilience first. How did you find that impacted on the chance of a cardiovascular outcome? So after we took into account childhood circumstances and background factors, we could see that that was associated with a raised risk of future coronary heart disease. Okay, and physical fitness? Well, physical fitness, as you'd expect, the better the physical fitness, the lower the risk of heart disease. Right, and and was there an interaction between the two that you looked at? There was indeed, and this was something that surprised us. What we saw was the men who had low stress resilience the beneficial effect of good physical fitness was eliminated. Right, okay. So low stress resilience, in other words, you get stressed very easily, then the benefit of physical exercise goes. So that probably tells us that stress is a very strong risk factor because we know that physical fitness is very protective. So for something to overcome that, then perhaps stress really is having detrimental effects. But the novelty of your study is, of course, that this was in patients who were adolescents. Really? Exactly. So we were measuring these things long before that accumulation of subsequent risks that would lead to a greater risk of heart disease. Yes. And I'm wondering, does that potentially tie in with what we know about stress from the Whitehall study or other larger studies that, that, that it can even overcome the beneficial effect of, of physical fitness? Well, I think these longitudinal studies tell us that risks are accumulated. They don't come as single exposures, and it's the same thing with stress resilience. The men who are stre- with low, the men with low stress resilience are more likely to already have lower physical fitness. Then, in addition to that, even if they have high physical fitness, the benefits are reduced, and other risks will be accumulated over time. Mm. Well, well, that's interesting. And one of the things I really liked was in the summary of of what this adds to clinical practice, you point out that we shouldn't just be looking at jobs and lifestyle in terms of physical fitness, but actually we really need to be tackling stress in the workplace to make sure that we actually do get some benefits. It may vary, perhaps you you spend part of your time working in Sweden. Uh, Obviously, it's going to vary from country to country, but do you feel that something is being adequately addressed? Well, I think stress is something that people talk about, but not enough is done about it. And if we're going to seriously tackle disease prevention, coronary heart disease prevention, we might think about both physical fitness and stress together. Absolutely. And if there's a way to improve stress resilience and and improve physical fitness at the same time, that would be ideal. But can stress resilience be improved by training? Is, Is it something that's malleable? Well, we know that people can learn to deal with stress. We can improve people's coping strategies. And that might go some way in ameliorating the effect of low stress resilience. Right. And clearly that may have to be something that employers buy into, but it may actually be on a public health level, something that actually uh, government employers and and national policies need to be made. Precisely. Um, Of course, this was a study of stress resilience in adolescents, and it shows that exposures 
much earlier in life may influence stress resilience. So actually we should be going back into childhood to mm. tackle the causes of low stress resilience as well. Absolutely. And it's really interesting for me because this ties in with the move towards lifetime cardiovascular risk that we're addressing for things like cholesterol and diabetes. So, so why not for things like stress? Professor Montgomery, thank you very much for a very interesting topic. I'm sure that's given a, a lot of people food for thought. And uh, once again, thank you for sending your paper to heart. Thank you.